my check, my check. One time. Welcome to another episode in the field podcast. Could be standing in a field. Could be standing in a field. And he's I am your host, Marcus, aka MOB, aka MB, aka MB4, aka OB, aka Jack Nine, aka Daddy. And on this episode of In the Field Podcast, we are going to be joined by my brother, Demonte Madden. Uh, Pontiac, Michigan's own Fair State alumni, Grand Blank alumni. Um, we actually were competitors in college. Um, I went to Tiffany University. He went to Fair State. And um, we have some battles against each other. But um, somebody that I follow um, on Instagram, and, you know, he's doing a lot of things out there, man, sports-wise. And I see him doing a lot of hiking and nature stuff. And just really want to bring him on, man, and dive further into his story, man. And uh, I'm going to stop disrespecting Nas. All I need is one mic. All I need is one blunt, one page, and one pen, one prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back at all the hatred against me. Fuck all of them. Jesus died at age 33. That's 33 shots from twin glocks and 16. One of my favorite Nas songs. One of my guns was holding 17. 27 hit your crew. Six wins you. Everybody got to die sometime. Hope your funeral never get shot up. Bullets tear through the innocent. Nothing to spare. Niggas roll up. Shooting from wheelchairs. My heart is racing. Tasting the binge in the air. I let this shit slide for too many years. Too many times now. I'm strapped with a couple of max. Too many nines. If y'all niggas really with me, get busy. Look up for semis. Too Amazing. I need is one mic. All I need is one life, one try, one breath on one man. What I stand for speaks for itself. They don't understand and want to see me on top. Too egotistical. Talking all that slick shit the same way these bitches do. Wonder what my secrets is. Niggas will move on you only if they know what your weaknesses are. I have none. Thought I wouldn't have that ass done. Food you niggas, what you call an infinite brawl, eternal souls clashing. Some beef is everlasting, complete the Man, this Nas right here, if we can get a whole album of this Nas, man, listen, he already a goat. He already up there. But a full album, a full album like that of records, man, look, you got me. I like this kind of stuff, man. Off steel Matic. Off steel Matic came out 2001. All I need is one mic. 
Yeah, he has some bangers on here, man. Go ahead, let this one rock too. Yeah. 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 Another episode in the field podcast again. <laughs> Could be standing in the field and he still ain't in the field. Life. They wonder. Can they take me? Getting ready to have a conversation with my man Demonte. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, I come from the housing, tenement builders, unlimited. <laughs> Known as the projects with junkies and rockheads dwell. Though I owe to it my success. The survival of the fittest every day is a child. I would think I'm a part of USA and be proud. Confronted with racism, started to feel foreign. Like the darker you are, the really your problems. I reached for the stars, but I just kept slipping. On this life mission, never know what's next. Ancient kings from Egypt up to Julius Caesar. Had a piece of the globe, every continent. Yo, this Asia. Hey, Marie on the vocals. Japan, Pakistan, America, Afghanistan. Yo, this Protestant shoot. Every time I hear this song, all I can go back to is Honey. Y'all know that movie. Y'all remember what I'm talking about. This song just remind me of Honey. It was on that album, soundtrack. Okay, my brother is in the building. Get ready to bring him on. Or I should say in the field. You know what I'm saying? Could be standing in the field and he still ain't in the field. My brother, how you doing? Doing good, doing good, ladies and gentlemen. We have a special guest. My brother, my brother, Pontiac, Michigan zone. Demonte Madden, how you feeling, my brother? I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. Um, man, thank you very much for having me on here. I hear the Nas popping. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Barbershop talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what it is, man. Got to get the vibes right for sure. For sure, um, got to get the vibes right. Before we be, I know this. I know it's just your show, but before we pop talk it off, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna just thank you. Um, what you're doing is amazing. Um, putting on for black men. I know I'm coming across directly off the top, but it's black all good, men, man. I love it. What that's for? I love it. And and just you, you create a space for so many things to be said, and that people haven't had the opportunity or platforms to say them on. So I salute you because this is important for me. It's important for the culture, and it's important for um, student athletes coming from coming coming to play with this thing. Mm. But ultimately, ultimately going to get your degree, handling your mm-hmm. business, um, mm-hmm. and utilizing your platform. So thank you very much, my yes, guy. Sir, yes, sir. Hey, man, I appreciate that, man. For real, man. That's all love, man. And again, one of the reasons why me and my cousin wanted to do this uh, was just sports and music, but. In light of what's been going on, you know, it was like, well, we had a FaceTime talk and we was like, man, I think we need to extend it. We need to amplify it a little bit more. And as I started doing more episodes and having more conversations with people, it became prevalent to me. Like I'm doing more than when I what we set out to do. And that just came from what you just said. Like I'm talking to people that transition from 
knowing that that's all we know is football. And then once we get into college, we start to experience different things and we start to go a different route. And yeah, we want that end goal of playing in the NFL and keep pursuing our dream and having that be, you know, how we feed our family and our way of living. But it don't, it don't work out that way, man. So for us to be able to make these transitions and do things that that's outside of the norm, but it's positive and it's uplifting. And it's something that, like I said, man, that's going to shine a light on the next generation and shine a light on our generation as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just real blessed and, and thankful as well, man, to be in this position and to be able to do it, man. Cause this is something new for me. You know, I'm used to being a quiet guy and leading by example and things like that, man. So, um, like I said, I just went out, man, I'm like, I'm gonna take a stab at it and I'm gonna just, I'm gonna see what, see what happens, man. And, you know, we're going to get better each episode and, um, but ultimately just proud and happy to be able to have these conversations with people, um, that, that I know, but don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. But yeah, man, like I said, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. Again, thanks for that lovely intro. But um, again, we are definitely in the field right now. We in the field right now. Again, like I said, um, we have a guest here, Demonte Madding from um, did my did some little homework from uh, Pontiac, Michigan. Um, but because I always thought you were from Grand Blank, being that that's where you played. Um, but I know that area, you know, it can get one minute you here, one minute you there. So I already know how that go. Um, but how is everything? Are you there? Are you in uh, Pontiac right now? Oh, uh, no. So I'm in uh, Rockford, Michigan. So, okay. North, okay. so north of Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. My family has a place here. And I'm sure as we'll dive deep into a little bit of my background, mm-hmm. um, I was in Pontiac, um, born and raised in Pontiac. And then I transitioned to the foster care system where I went to Grambling because of uh, the opportunity after I left Detroit public school systems to then go to Grambling for high school. Um, so it was those opportunities. Um, and I know saying foster care and opportunity, sometimes they don't line up. But right. I think of it as like when you when you come from where we come from and when you come from a background that's disadvantaged or may not have the circumstances, um, anything's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, um, so what age was that for you? Um, so I transitioned to the foster care system at the age of 12. So okay. was that seventh grade uh, finishing up seventh? I didn't even finish seventh grade. It was like a month left for four, three or four weeks left in the seventh grade. Um, one Friday, um, I went to school regular day. Um, by lunchtime I was at child protective services by dinner time, I was living in Detroit um, for the next year about. Wow, I can, at a young age like that, man, to have that just happen so A, B, C, like that is, I can imagine how how that was mentally dealing with that. But we're going to dive into that um, in a little bit. But during this quarantine, were you in Rockford, Michigan? Um, so I so I live in Boulder, Colorado now. Um, yeah, I got I, that on the list. Okay. Yep, I work at the University of Colorado Boulder um, in admissions. So I've been there most of quarantine and mm-hmm. I was really um, at a place where my nutrition for like, not the food I was eating, but that's a big part, but mm-hmm. the people interactions, it was lacking and I wasn't able to really sustain myself. So um, I connected my family and saw that it was okay for me to return back from Colorado, um, knowing that I was quarantining and by myself. Um, so I've been here for almost three weeks now. Okay. Um, okay. Just to get back to the back on back on home base. Right. right. How was that quarantine in Colorado? Like, was it heavy cases out there? Like how um, they, you know out here in the East Coast? 
Uh, yeah, it was, it was heavy. It was heavy cases at the same time though. One of the things, um, Marcus that I was thinking about is being in a place like Colorado, you got a lot more space. You got a lot more air, got a lot more opportunity. So that's a privilege within itself because while things were locked down, um, in the city of Boulder specifically, um, in Denver, I still have access to the mountains. I still could be out finding that peace of mind that if I were in the city, I would never be able to find. Right. True. True that. True that, man. And the family and everybody's been okay. Um, nobody came in contact with it or, or anything like that. Correct. So people have, um, that I've connected with have been really, um, their lives, their lives haven't really changed outside of what they couldn't do. Right. But at the same time, um, I think they're building more discipline around this time and really tapping into like, just slowing down. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. a lot of times yeah. people are just A, B, C, D, E. And it's like, yo, you didn't even eat. You didn't even drink. Right. Any, you didn't even drink no water. So I think they're slowing down their whole life. And it's, uh, it's been healthy mentally. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I can say the same thing, man. And again, this is where this idea came from. Um, actually, the, the where I'm at now working at a, at a gym, Burn Boot Camp, uh, my first day was my last day right, because <laughs> of the COVID stuff. And Prior to that, I had already had like two weeks off um, of work. So I put in my two weeks in my old job. So I was off just relaxing and then went back to work and then had to go back into quarantine. But just the simple fact, I was already off of social media. And then I don't think I was off from probably November to April. And then just to have like all of that time at home with my kids and my wife and to be able to put together something different of like, what do I want to do? You know, now that you got this downtime and I heard... Tracy McGrady say this, he was like, if you come out of this quarantine with like, if you don't have a skill, a trade, if you don't have something that, you know, you want to do or be successful at, then, you know, you just wasted, you just, you just wasting life. Like, to be honest, cause it's like, this is a perfect time. Everybody been, oh, I need more time. I need more time to do this. And this is the perfect time to be able to do it. Whatever it is that you want to do. I didn't pick the reading. Um, getting back, like I said, working now, I'm just going to be my first year running a special teams uh, for high school football and doing all these different things, man. So my mind was all over the place, but having that time to be able to settle everything down and, you know, get everything etched in stone was a blessing, man. I can imagine it was the same for you as well. I, I would, in my mind, I'm a very visual person. So when you're speaking, um, it was kind of like 52 pickup with the cards. <laughs> it was like each deck got anything. I like that analogy. You know what I mean? Like it got, you got everything that you need in a deck, but sometimes you got to throw them everywhere so you can see how they really, how they align with each other. Absolutely. And that's really where I've been trying to get to this. And that's where my, my mental health is so important mm-hmm. because um, even being in Michigan right now and my water intake has been like drastically lower because when I'm in Colorado, I'm making sure I drink a lot of water because I know I'm at high elevation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, being disciplined. A lot of my conversations these last couple of weeks have been really surrounded by discipline and how do you focus on that discipline without being, um, without someone having to tell you what to do. And just like this podcast and opportunity for you to think truly outside of the box, you're like, okay, how can I make something that's sustainable and also have enough discipline where I know I'm gonna wake up hungry for more the next day. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, man, for real. So we're going to go back to your younger days. Um, like I said, you born, grew up in Pontiac and then, you know, made that transition into, you know, the foster care in Detroit. But when 
during that time was football introduced to you? Was that the first sport introduced to you? Oh, no. Actually, my first sport was soccer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, the, uh, yeah, I feel <laughs> definitely yeah, like that. Exactly. So, soccer was my first sport. And my mom actually, <laughs> uh, my mom actually didn't want me to play football because she was like, you could get hurt. But like being in the, being in the hood, playing football is like, that's second nature. That's like, everything. Concrete, dirt, grad, don't matter. And exactly. And growing up in Pontiac, people don't know, but the Detroit Lions used to be in mm-hmm. Pontiac at the Pontiac Silverdome. Mm-hmm. So like everybody, because Pontiac was a big car industry. Um place and that's where I got the feel for it. it was like it was such second nature that I actually picked up soccer and then I went out for like football like my sixth grade year and just as my mom said her biggest fear is me getting hurt we had we had a uh like the pal football leagues mm-hmm. and we were at the Pontiac Silverdome dislocated my hip in the championship game oh. <laughs> and it was like like actually one of the most excruciating pains that I think only a body, that a human body can go through having your hip dislocated. And that was where I got my taste for it. And after that, I used to didn't want to, I was like, okay, I don't want to get hit no more like that. So let me switch to defense. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I played cornerback and I never thought of football. Like I never thought of me going to the NFL because actually I didn't, that wasn't never one of my dreams. Mm. I actually, I actually enjoyed school more than I enjoyed sports, mm. but not having the structural resources maybe in my home life, mm-hmm. sports was always a way that I can get out the house. Right. Cause I, I was not in no chess clubs. I wasn't in the, any reading clubs, but during school, like I didn't, I didn't act up or things like that, but this, but the football, the basketball and the track. So football and track were my favorite after I did um, soccer. And that's where I just, the love of like, wow, I don't gotta be home. I can go anywhere. I can, if I just join this team, I ain't never gotta be home. So so my seventh grade year leading up to foster care. Um, so sixth grade, I dislocated my hip. Seventh grade, I joined as many teams I could. I tried for the basketball team. I was a scrub. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a wrestler. So I was really good at wrestling. I did okay. track. I did football. And those were, those became my, my actual, my passions and my love. And then eighth grade year um, was my first year in, the, in Detroit. And living in Detroit, my school, um, I went to Budsville Elementary. And that school is known. It's by, it's, is, is it by Southeastern or by, it's by Cass. On the east side, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. So I live on the east side. Um, and if you're from Detroit, the east side is nothing. The, Detroit is a, it's a marvelous place. It but is. When you don't so have your basic needs, yeah. mm-hmm, and when you don't have your basic needs met, it's survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I could do in Detroit was play basketball. And I made the basketball team and then um, transitioned into to ninth grade. I moved from my first foster home to my, sec- my second foster home in, um, in Grand Blank, where um, I only moved Marcus because my mom had um, my little brother Elijah, and he's like, he's Yo, he's my he's, man, <laughs> man. My I love him with my whole heart. And when he was twelve days old, he got taken into the system. Mm-hmm. And after I graduated uh, from eighth grade, I moved to ninth grade and uh, to Grand Blank, and that's where I went to high school for those next four years. Mm-hmm. Want to backtrack a little bit? Yep. Um, 
you said pal because like i said i was in pal as well we played i remember i think i played probably one game uh, one championship game in a silver dome before they tore it down and we went to four field who did you play for uh the titans nah. I, don't, uh, <laughs> I, don't think, Coach? I don't i don't think i ever played them because i was with the west side cubs um <laughs> And I always wanted to play for the Cubs. <laughs> I, I looked because no, they was the best. No, <laughs> they was the best. Crazy. I started. We started out with the Tigers because they lived behind us. Like we we lived literally right behind Crockett. Like we yep. were behind Crockett High School. Um, and then we played. We started out with the Tigers, and then we went to the Vikings for like two days. And then we were with the Cubs, and um, it's been history ever since. But um, I'm trying. To, I don't think I've ever played the Titans, but I I do remember them though. I do remember. Yep. Man, and it's the uh, coach Bracewell was my was my coach, and still connected to this day. Shout coach Bracewell, it, shout out to Coach Bracewell because at that age, having not as many father figures, sports was the father figure for everybody oh. that was mm-hmm. on my team. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a safe haven. It was a place to go, and it was a place to really like have some accountability for yourself. Absolutely. You can't play you can't play no kind of sport and have no accountability. None. And it's crazy that you said that about your coach, because this one trip you out. My coach, when I was with the Cubs, Coach Wilson, um, I want to say I was eight. No, 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 no. I was 10. I was 10 years old. And his favorite number was eight. That's the number he wore all the time. And um, this was a real big year for us. Like, you know, we, we getting ready to win it all, undefeated everything. And um, I ended up breaking my shoulder or uh, my collarbone, like playing around, ironically, on the 4th of July. Family barbecue, I got an uncle, like, he's super big, big uncle. He did nothing, literally would just tap me, like, uh, shoulder dislocated. Um, So he was, like, super, he was super upset, but he was like, you know what, I'm going to give you my number, I'm going to give you number eight, because, you know, he just seen something in me. He got me a special shoulder shoulder pad made, the whole nine. And um, long story short, but he got fired or he quit, whatever, and we get a new coach, and then he moves to Ohio. Now, like when I'm young, like I didn't really put two and two together. And then in high school, he came to a couple games and I remember us going down to his house one time in Ohio, but still didn't think nothing of it. So then when I moved here to Ohio, I still didn't think like, yo, like like, he's here, like he's in Ohio Until, until he called me last year, just random out the blue called me. And was like, yo, I heard you was here. And I said, are you serious? Like we were like 15 minutes away from each other. And then we helped, I helped him coach because he was coaching third grade football the whole time he'd been down here. So I came, joined his staff. And then now this year we're in high school together. So it's just crazy because he was my second dad. He was my second dad up until he left um, from coaching the Cubs and then us reconnecting down here in Ohio coaching football mm-hmm. like this is nuts man mm-hmm. it's so crazy it's amazing how you find those uh those familiar affinities and those groups of people that you're like we have this in common mm-hmm. and and you don't know how that you're gonna cross paths again or who or who path that you have crossed to really help them out or who right. path who's crossed your path to help you out right. but um shout out to football yeah, man, absolutely. Cause, and the post that I put up, man, I was like, I honestly don't think I would be here, man, if it wasn't for football or shout out to my pops for allowing me to, you know, play and was pushing me so hard to like, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play football. So I definitely thank him for that. And the um, second thing I wanted to back up to was 
you were like, you were real into books and not really, you know, like into sports like that. You were, you were fascinated on school. Was that something like, where did that come from? Cause you don't hear that, you know, for most kids coming from the hood, coming from Detroit and these inner cities. So what, what was that? Where did that come from? Man. Um, I, I say in my mind, in my soul, I've always had an older soul. Like I always hung around my grandma. Um, one of my grandmas who, uh, my mom's mom and my mom's surrogate mom, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, they always instilled to me um, from when I was a little boy, my grandma used to tell me, DeMonte, your mind is a proper thing to waste. Um, and that if you love Jesus, he'll love you back. And um, for me, I always yearn to want to know more. I always ask questions and being a, I think one of the things that really got me is that the confidence of asking questions is so powerful in today's age. Uh, but a lot of us want to have the answer without actually knowing why that's the answer. And um, I wanted to know the why, I wanted to know the how, I wanted to know the what. And we used to go, my auntie actually, she used to take me, um, being from Pontiac, we should go to all the auto, all the auto shows. And um, I used to work those. And it's and it's like we do the Wolver Dream Cruise, and like you knew if you live in Pontiac in August, you knew that you were definitely gonna be doing something around some cars, right. even if they wasn't like I didn't, I wasn't like a big like muscle car type of person. But I remember this one moment. Um, and to answer your question about the books, I'm gonna get to it. Mm-hmm. But to answer the 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 question, like my aunt always pushed me to ask asking the questions that I had in my mind. And I remember there was a car, there was a Ferrari 360 Spider, a red one. And um, that's my favorite car. So shout out to anybody who got that. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I wanted to get in the car and I wanted to take a picture with the car. And I don't think at the car shows, it was like someone's actual car and they wasn't letting like people just get in it. But my aunt was like, you should just ask. And I asked the dude and he, and he allowed me to get in the car and take a picture with it. And since that moment, it's been always closed mouths, don't get fed. And for me, I knew big words, but I didn't know where they came from. Mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew how to say a very articulate sentence, but I didn't know how to put a sentence, a sentence structure grammatically on paper. Mm-hmm. So I always had like, I knew one plus something equal two. I just never knew what the other thing was. Um, so fast forwarding actually until as of Marcus, as of recently, <laughs> I have been reading fervently and it's, it's, I used to hate to read. I used to hate to write because like it wasn't something I connected with, but I could, again, I could have a good and a very educational conversation and an enlightened conversation, but I never knew how to um, go and research. Research used to scare me and the, the ways that maybe the school system used to teach me would throw me off. But like, I was always turning my homework. Is there some extra credit? Is there a way that, is there a way that I can get at least a B plus in this class, even if I wasn't an A student? So I always try very hard and to be diligent with my school because I knew that was very important for me. I knew it was very important for just my mindset. And I was having a conversation with my biological mom yesterday and um, she, she meant to have me. And I say that it's like, it's been a purpose on my life. And I know um, sometimes coming from where I come from, there's a lot of uh, mishaps and accidents and it's not to fault anyone, but my mom meant to have me. So I feel like my creator made me 50% good at everything. 
but 50% is not really that good unless you really work really diligently to increase that. percent. Exactly. And I, and I, and I, and my heart is like, yeah, that's, that's cool, but I'm hungry. And I knew, and I knew words, I could say things, but I didn't know where to like, where the source was at. So I always was looking for the source. And now that you say that, I think back to when me and my, my bigger cousin, who was, I never, I'm the older of my siblings. So he was the, he was my big cousin and he was the closest thing I had to a big brother. We were like, we were like nine months apart. Um, and I can think back to a time where we were at, every time we were at our grandma house, she had, I don't know if you remember those encyclopedias. I probably haven't even seen one. <laughs> like yes. that's how long it's been. But she had like different dictionaries and different, like the whole encyclopedia set. And like, we were just like, as kids, like not even knowing, like we would just be flicking through them and trying to read stuff and looking at pictures and stuff like that. And not even knowing, you know, trying to put them together. And then we would get in school and like, like I remember that word. Like I was thinking that or like, you know, so it's, it's crazy, man. Cause like I said, we didn't, and once sports got introduced, you know, that kind of took a back seat because I know for my dad in particular, it was all, it was just football and I'm assuming now because that's all that he knew he of course you got to do good in school bring home good grades don't act out in school but it's football it was really nothing else and I spoke about this on previous episodes that I kind of felt like he set me up for failure or didn't properly set me up Mm. because he just had me so fixated on you know this one dream in football but as I got older I started to, I probably want to say, once I left to go to Bowling Green, for real, once I left to head out to college, I started to, you know, see different things. And obviously because I'm around different people and I'm out of my element, but it allowed me to see different things and realize, like, this may not be the reality, uh-huh. but we're still going to push for it. But I still need to kind of come up with some, um, something different and something that I'm definitely instilling in my kids now because um, our daughter, she would be six in September and she loves reading. Like she wants to pick up any book and read it. She's ready to read this Michelle Obama book that we got. I'm like, nah, I need to read it first before you read, before you read it. Like (laughs) I know, but yeah, I got this. I'm getting her the Kobe book though. The legacy and queen, the the books that Kobe Kobe wrote, uh, rest in peace, Kobe, man. Rest in peace, Um, Kobe, man. The books that he wrote, like I said, they primarily, not primarily, but it's women, like they're focused around women and young women. And, and I'm really anxious, man, for her to get that book and to read that. But um, like I said, that's definitely something I'm going to instill in them, man, is definitely handle your schoolwork, handle your your business in school. But, you know, sports going to be there, but we need to make sure that mental, that we need to make sure that mental is there and that mental is strong. And if I can make a point on uh, parents, man, it's, we're human. Mm-hmm. We want our parents to really uh, be our biggest fan and our biggest hero. And in turn, they want us to champion a lot of things. Uh, they missed the best of our Exactly. Yeah. And when, when I think when, when I'm just thinking from my perspective of like a mm-hmm. parent, I'm not a parent, but when a, when a person has insight, they want to circumvent every obstacle that you could possibly go through so you could stand tall and um, so it's really just a shout out to all the parents because we'll never do it completely right. But as a human, it's having that perspective of like, maybe they went through something or they had this particular experience that allowed them to think that certain way. And, right. Um, and that's why I have no ill will, you know, not to mean to cut you off, but I have no I mean, ill will, you know, like to my pops. Cause like I said, he, 
without all of that, like I said, I don't know where I would, I wouldn't have two degrees. I probably wouldn't have met my wife, wouldn't have had my kids. So like, it's, you know, it, it's cool, but you just would wish that it would have been, you know, different, but you know, not to change anything. And like I said, I, I shout out to pops and I appreciate everything. Like I said, that he's done for me. And um, again, allow me to even get, you know, get to this, get to this point and introduce football into my life. Um, and then getting back, you know, to you with football for you, um, like you said, heading into high school, going into grand blank. Um, now you're not, you know, in, in the city no more. You decide to go out there. Um, and was that to mainly be with your little brother who you said got entered, um, into the system at that time? Yeah. So when I made the transition from Detroit to, um, from eighth grade to ninth grade, I had a social worker at the time or caseworker. And she asked me, she was like, your brother, your little brother, um, who was just born, he's going to live in a city near Flint. Um, would you potentially want to go and live with him? And off the bat, yes, take me. Um, for one reason, because Detroit was, it was getting treacherous and it it was, (laughs) it was, um, it was really, it was going to be a harder plight. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say I could have done it from anywhere and I have done it, but to have that familial bond with my little brother was a peace of mind for me because I would want to be with him in those intricate moments, introducing him into the world rather than, um, him having just, he has another family, but I still want to be in that picture. Yeah. And um, he's, he's 12, going on 13. So it's like 13 years ago in my life, I would have been 13 years old. And that's where, that's where my life was really, it was a struggle. So it was, it was peace of mind for me to have something that I could hold on to. Mm-hmm. And I could genuinely know if I was going to school, I had to come back home and I could see my little brother. I could watch him grow. And um, I've always played kind of like a, parent, a co-parent with my mom um, because I'm the oldest of seven. So, okay. yeah, so there's been many times, like when I entered the foster care system at 12, I could wash a baby's butt. I could make a baby a diaper um, or a bottle. I could do things that maybe a 12-year-old in a normal a quote-unquote circumstance probably wouldn't have sure you the adult now you, you was like you was like chris from everybody hate chris <laughs> Man, since since seven though and right. since eight and just really rocking with my mom so we can get to where we need to go and never questioning why we had to do why we, what we had to do but just knowing that hopefully this get better hopefully we could change our circumstance hopefully we could do a little bit of something that's more beneficial than what we've been doing. So go to Grand Blank. I play, uh, I play freshman football, and I've I got to see politics for the first time. Like that's a common theme. Man, <laughs> I want to say maybe three or four other guests that we've had recognize politics in football, in particular. Uh huh. Early at an early eight. That is crazy, man. Continue. Go ahead. That's nuts. It, it's it's wild because you um you get to see your talent and you get to see other people's talent but when you're like actually uh football is a very mental game so outside of the physicality and my physique like you get to understand the game a little bit more even if you're on the sidelines and you're not playing right and um some of those early years were really rough for me because again i did middle school i did um football i did track i did basketball um, I did anything I could put my mind and my body to, and I got to Grand Blanc High School, 
and it was it was turbulent. It was turbulent because coming into a system, they already knew who they were going to pick for their sports teams. They already knew who the, who the starters were going to be. They had these preconceived notions and these presets of who should be where and when they should be there. And when you were the anomaly, no one accounted for you, so they can never count against you. Mm-hmm. So I always found myself like kind of awkwardly standing there of like, I'm not a bench player, but like I'm probably not the best either. And it was trying to just maintain my mental capacity of like, okay, but again, sports made my life feel normal when I knew I was in foster care. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I stand on the sideline and run up downs and do these drills all day. So I don't have to think about going home. Um, Because it was, and it was always the escape that felt the most common. That was my common denominator out of all my life leading up into when I graduated from Ferris State. That's dope, man. And um, what year is this? Because I, I think I'm like, I know you were 1993 in December, um, February 92. So like a year and some change um, apart. But what year was this that you were, um, that you went out there in Grand Blanc? Uh So that was 2009. Okay. That was, that was when, um, that was when Drake was getting hot. <laughs> 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 that's, yeah, Drizzy was yeah. That's the um, heartbreak Drake mixtapes and room uh-huh. improvement mixtape Drake ransom um, Drake. Yeah, and that's when Wayne was just on fire as well. Lil Wayne was everywhere on everything. And let me yo, let me go back. So early when I was a man, Lil Wayne's been my favorite rapper since forever. And I remember when the Cardi Two came out, my stepdad would come to my room. Before I went to foster care, he was like, yo, I remember we lived, we were living on 54 Harriet in Pontiac, Michigan. He was like, yo, you can't keep listening to that every single night you go to sleep. Yo, I knew it front to back because like, again, being an intellect and being an intellectual, um, Lil Wayne is very wise and Lil Wayne has been through things. And when he would put his bars together, it wasn't, the music sounded loud but the words came through like a roadmap. Dude, I told <laughs> one of one of my college teammates tweeted talking about some Kendrick Lamar better than Wayne. I almost dropped my phone and wanted to be like, listen, man, no. Like he's the yes, Kendrick Lamar, he's good. But two totally different generations. That's like the LeBron Kobe or LeBron Mike and all of that. No, man, nobody puts words together like little Wayne, man. Like he's putting words together like the lasagna line and six foot, seven foot. I didn't Our, know, like, it took me two years. We're like, what? What are you talking about? G's coming silent. like lasagna. Oh, my God. Man, listen. Or G's moving silence. Like, yeah. Nobody's topping Wheezy F, baby. He be having you want to, you like, you be like, yeah. <laughs> like yo, what? Wayne <laughs> yeah. is nuts, man. Little yeah. Wayne is nuts, man. But you said this was like, so this was 2009 around that time. Um, everybody getting hot um, music-wise. But was this the time where um, you met, because we got a mutual connection during this time, is this the time where you met Gabe, Gabe Martin? Yes. So okay. so Gabe is Gabe is two years older than me. And at this time, Gabe Okay, so that might be, yeah, because I said we were, we came in together. So I don't know, when, I, I can't think of when his birthday is. But he might be older than me. Because like I said, that was, um, we came, we was the same graduating class. Um, but yeah, yeah, you said you that's when you met him. Did you graduate eleven? No, ten. Ten. Oh, so so Gabe was like 
well, he was way older than me then because I came to high school in ninth grade, but I knew Gabe because um, I knew he was a man. And <laughs> first of all, shout out to Gabe Martin. Absolutely. Because- shout out my boy Gabe. <laughs> He just opened up a business and yes, down in Arizona. Yep. And to be a person that has vision, he always playing middle linebacker. That's how you translate it. It's like he always had a vision. And people like Gabe, even if he didn't directly say it to me, he had something about him that respected me. And where I come from, respect is hard to get. It's like you almost got to fight for it. But with a person like him, he always just um, – he always gave me the nod, and I always respect him as, like, an older brother or a mentor type of guy in my life. And um, I met him, and we got close because I ran track. So I got my – I got the spin for football because the track – I was um, – my sophomore year, I'd be – not to toot my own horn, but I I, I got I got no, that's I, what go ahead toot it, baby. I, I, got, <laughs> I got to I got to nod and track to be on the varsity team my sophomore year, and after that, like what's what's up? okay, <laughs> <laughs> to be able to have um, that relationship extend outside of football is where you become well versed. Is because we don't got to talk about football in the off season, but everybody who plays sports together on one team that relationship automatically congeal on another team. And right. I was I was really blessed to have that relationship. That's what's up, man. And um, which year in high school would you point to that was, um, let's say, an up and down year? Like, you was like, things is going good for you. Um, like I said, was one year in high school where, you know, something that's, it was going good for you, but you're, you know, learning different lessons um, mm-hmm. elsewhere. Uh, I would say between my sophomore year and my junior year, like that summer was one of the hardest mm-hmm. summers for me, um, being about 15 and wanting to get a license, but also being in foster care where the friends that you know, you've only known them for a very short period of time. And you want to try to decipher the energy of who you hanging around with. Um, who your parents sh- think you should hang around with yep. um, and build those different affinity groups. And man, again, the politics of the sports was creeping in because I played so many sports where like you, you, you make a JV basketball team, you make a JV football team, you make a varsity track team. And then you start to see like how people will treat you when you, um, when you did a little bit better than them, but also when you wanted to do a little bit better, but you was friends with these people and you was trying not, I was, I was specifically trying not to um, burn bridges because I only knew how to get it by myself. Right. And I was, that was, it was a very tempting uh, reality. And also those are times people starting to go to prom um, where people are starting to mature in, in other areas. And for me, some, a lot of times I really um needed that guidance or I thought I needed that guidance from my biological parents. Um, however, that wasn't what my reality was. And was like, I can imagine that was rough on you at the time. So like, how were you dealing with that? Like, were you upset at yourself or more upset at them that, you know, like you wasn't able to form or bridge that relationship with them? Or like I said, like when you were young, at being young, you was using sports and football as an escape to, you know, block all that stuff out. Um, a little bit of all that. So I got better at sports 
And um, my sophomore year for football and track were my absolute breakout years. Um, so? I remember playing a game where we we had a coach who we, we was getting off the bus. Shout out to Coach Pleasant because we was getting off the bus and at a, at a game in like Lakeland. And I was just yapping, yapping. And he was just like, yo, just, just, just be quiet. Like he said some other words, mm-hmm. but he was just like, be quiet. And that was my best game that I ever had. That was one of my best games I ever had in my life. But of my sophomore year, I mean, I caught like three passes for like 120 yards, caught some bombs. Crazy. And played, just re- I scored my first high school touchdown. And he was just instilling in me that you don't always got to be the one that's the loudest. You don't got to be the one that's always saying things. Um, and then that translated to track because that was a spring. And then I remember starting to get the nods to go to like the biggest meets. So being from Ohio, Mansfield Relays is where every high school track person want to go in the spring because that's where all the big dogs go. You get to run against, um, you get to run on Ashland's campus and you get to run against some of the elite talent in the country. Um, So for me, I wasn't going on spring breaks. I wasn't going to parties. And I knew I had to elevate my mind because I didn't have what these other kids had. I didn't have the um, the sound foundation at home. And it, and I did, but it wasn't the one that I wanted, right? right? It wasn't the one that I saw for myself. So I had to really benefit myself and say, okay, if coach holding a practice on Saturday at 9 a.m. and it's optional, I'm making it mandatory. So from that point on, nothing was optional for me. I didn't go on no spring breaks. I don't even remember if I went on a spring break in high school. I just I focused. Like in, yeah, I was like that in high school and college too. Yep. Because there was no reason for me to do that. I only have one way out of this foster care system. Like people was trying to graduate high school. I was trying to get to a yeah. different life. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely, man. We talk, And that's, again, that speaks to you having to mature at such a young age, man. And oftentimes, way too many times, that's the story for a lot of our young black brothers out here, man, having to mature at a young age because they either caught up in the system, the streets, or, you know, whatever it is, the situation is at home, man. But to be able to do that and, again, look at you now, man. It's a lot of these stories that are testaments, man, because mm-hmm. you guys chose not to go that easy route. You chose mm-hmm. to when it was hard to, you know, put knuckles down, man, and you ready to get after it, man. And, again, you saw a better life for yourself. Um, and how was that going into your senior year and how did that play a role into your recruiting process? How was that um, process for you? Like, did you attend all the different camps and, or did you have a, a buzz coming out of high school? So how was your recruiting process? Um, it was absolute or it was obsolete. Um, I didn't have one because a, a big part of the recruiting process that I found out was your family and how how well your family would market you, how many camps they'd drive you to, right. how many um, coaches they would contact, how, how they would build your film. So I had a coach, uh, Coach Abdul Fisher, who was also one of my track coaches. And he, um, so one of Gabe's close friends, Tony Jones, you know Tony Jones? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Monster wide receiver. Like, yeah, we worked, uh, out, we worked out with each other. <laughs> we back and forth with some stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yo, shout yeah. out Tony Jones. Shout out to Tony Jones, and it was having his uh, his father figure kind of extend that that relationship to me, 
And for me, that was really impactful because from the track to the football, I needed just basic, I just needed basic things. I can go out and run a four or five forty. I can go out and do bench press a couple of times, but I didn't you have the grades. Exactly. And I, I did the wherewithal. I didn't have like the, the other stuff. So going up to my senior year, actually, I ended up at Ferris way of one of my, uh, one of my closest friends, Terrence Dye. So Terrence Dye played with me um, in high school and he ended up going to Northern Michigan on a football scholarship. Um, and as his recruiting process was happening, he extended the, um, the idea that Ferris was having students come to work out for a brand new coach. So I, um, one winter day, like literally I drove up from Grand Blank, Michigan to Big Rapids, Michigan, snowy, like, don't even know how we got there. Yeah, Michigan snow, something different, man. It's something very different. And it was literally like you on West in West Michigan, the lake, the, 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 the lake effects. Yeah, snow is yeah, it's crazy. It was even crazier up there. Like I said, we, we lower Michigan, Detroit, Sterling Heights. Like we tell you, man, <laughs> man listen, it's, it is, it is, it's like Antarctica where you coming from the city. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I didn't know uh, Michigan had the North Pole. <laughs> Right, and um, I went to Ferris. I worked out, and this is again. This is winter time, so this is as January is approaching. Mm-hmm. And it might have even been after Christmas break, so it might have been like the first week in January. And I worked out for the coaches, and I got an offer. Up leading up to oh. that point, I had I had no college coaches come to look at me. I had no track offers. And again, like I was producing numbers, whereas I was handling my business mm-hmm. in these, these various um, platforms, but I had no, I had no one looking for me and no, yeah, one, no one marketing you, you know, and like you said, you didn't have the wherewithal to, you know, take that, take their brains and do it yourself. Like I said, you just out there to ball and hopefully somebody will see you, but that's a dope situation, man, that that, that, that panned out for you. Mm-hmm. And he, um, I worked out. I worked out for the university, and like literally maybe a week and a half before signing day, um, Coach Anise, uh he came. He delivered an offer. He came to my house, delivered an offer, and he um, he extended that. He 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 took me off my couch into an institution of excellence and uh, Fair State again. Me wanting to be. Uh, just more than I was, all I needed was one opportunity and I needed, I didn't need seven offers. I needed one because I needed to go somewhere and I needed to change my circumstance. And I went there, I majored for criminal justice and um, it was, it was an eye opening experience for um, a young man coming out of the foster care system in the inner city. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. And I definitely had that. My mindset reprogrammed once I left Bowling Green. My mindset went to, well, I got one opportunity. Not to say that I was super cocky or that I was on my high horse, but I was just um, took off guard by Bowling Green redshirting me. Not that they recruited me saying that I was going to play as a true freshman, but that was an opportunity. And the first couple of weeks in camp, I was proving that. Like, and I spoke about this on previous episodes as well, but I was balling. And then, you know, I got red shirted and I took it the wrong way and ultimately, you know, burnt that bridge and had to get out of there and go to Tiffin. Um, but I was able to reprogram and was like, all right, I need to find my love 
of football again. I need to find that reprogram. And I was like, well, this is my only opportunity. I had some other options, um, Grand Valley, um, I think Wayne State as well, but I didn't want to go back home. Like I wanted to be outside of home. I wanted to still be, you know, somewhere where I could be me. And Tiffin was definitely that because it was nothing to do with Tiffin. <laughs> Super small. <laughs> like the campus was literally a box. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, I needed that. I really did need that coming from a big school like Bowling Green and coming to something so small and um, and country and farmish. Like it was it was definitely a culture shock. Um, but how was how was that experience like for you going into Granite? You still in Michigan. You not, you know, super far away, but, you know, you are away from home. You are on your own. Um, so just talk to me about, you know, how was that that first time stepping on campus? Um, the first time stepping on campus, excuse me, even for the visit was, it was immaculate. I was like, I want to, I want to come here. Mm-hmm. And when, when you, when you come from having no meals and you could start to provide them for yourself, it doesn't matter where you eating at, right. you're eating and it's consistent. And for me, that was the biggest part of it. And it was like, um, I didn't care. I, I, Marcus, I, I didn't care. I didn't care. Nope. They could have, they could have offered me a dollar a year <laughs> and I, and I would have went there because someone was placing a bet in my favor. Mm-hmm. And before that, no one was placing bets in my favor. So for me, I always knew again, God made me 50% at whatever. If I want to get to where, if I want to increase this at all, I'm gonna have to put in the work. And that's what it was. Um, because I got on campus and I've been in other situations. When I went to Ferris, it's like, I remember I didn't get to pick and choose the foster homes I went to. So when I went to Ferris, it's like, oh, I get to pick, mm-hmm. I, get, I get a choice. Right. And my roommate at Ferris, Kyle Kajawa, um, changed my life. Him and his family, um, and other opportunities that I've had by meeting this one person absolutely shifted the paradigm of my mind shifted the dynamics of my situation. It increased my overall value of what I added to myself. Um, and I say that that is my, that is my brother. That is my one of my best friends. Um, so shout out to him because Very, absolutely. I would have never, cause when you go to college, you get there, right. And you could still make a lot of mistakes and there's still a lot of ways to end up right back at home. And I knew if I didn't get it together quickly, even if I just had to make slight adjustments, that they would really hinder me in the long term if I didn't do the little things. So Ferris, similar to Tiffin in the middle of nowhere, um, I'd have a lot of distractions. And I knew that, okay, if I chose to come here, it's people coming and going off they will every single day. How do I remain here and get a degree? Um, And I studied criminal justice. And I didn't even know you could pick a major in college. I just was like, I'm a, I like that, and I'm going to stick with that. And I never thought about changing it. I never thought about dropping it. I didn't know you get a business degree. I didn't know first-generation everything. So I just chose major, and I just stuck with it until the end. And, I, um, man, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> What's up? What was that, um, that welcome to college football moment for you? Was it in practice, or was it in a game? So actually, I started as a freshman. So I, I got to Ferris and 
I was balling <laughs> in camp. I was, I was actually just balling. Like we, my first game, I didn't play the first snap, but like third or fourth or fifth snap, I was in a game as a freshman on the road. And that was invigorating for me because it was like, wow, there was no, there was no break. I played last season. I played this season. And in my mind, it was like, that's how it's supposed to go. And right. as, as it progressed, I had my trials and tribulations and it was turbulent at moments, but I still remember it gave me something to eat when I didn't have nothing else to eat. So I, um, one of the, you didn't ask me this question, but I'm gonna answer it. It's all good. <laughs> I, I joined a foster care, uh, I joined a foster care program at Ferris State University and it's called the Ferris Youth Initiative. Shout out to the Ferris Youth Initiative because that gave me the contextualization of I'm not just a student athlete, but I'm a student. And as a student, you have rights as a student. You have, you have values as a student. You have people who support the student body. And I didn't just depend on football to save me. It was like, I love school all this time. Mm -hmm. I, I finally got a way to tap into something else that was more than just school or just more than just football. Mm -hmm. So it paired me with the faculty mentor um, and it was, he was the diversity and inclusion vice president at Ferris State University. So Dr. Pilgrim and being able to have that mentorship outside of football, that made me, that made me a better person through and through, because a lot of times when football is feeding you in this one capacity, that's the only way, you know, right. and, and sometimes for, for some coaches, it's like they dangle it over your head. Like you can go back home if you don't do this or if you don't get these grades or if you don't, if you, it's, it's always an ultimatum. So when I, when I was able to tap into more university resources, I, be, I began to be a student and not just depend on my body to get the job done. I was able to really transition my mind how, you know, how a coach would do, you know, think about the options logically and make the best decision. Mm -hmm. That's what's up, man. And um, the episode I shot before this one, uh, my boy Joe Lofton, shout out my bro Joe Lofton. Um, that was something that he did as well because we had a conversation about um, like how similar to what I was saying earlier about how my pops was just not looking at any other options outside of football. Well, mm -hmm. Joe, he realized that as well and was like, you know, well, I'm going to get into the business club. I'm going to get into the sports management club. I'm going to get into the hospitality club. And he started getting into all these clubs and you know, now he's the youth football coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So <laughs> it's those little things that, you know, tap into what's going on in, in with the campus. Like, again, you're more than just a student athlete. You have so many resources and something that I was utilizing a little bit at Tiffin, but not to the fullest extent. Like I was going to, um, they would have these business summits and representatives from like the Detroit Red Wings and the Cleveland Cavaliers and things like that would come and then I would go and, but, me being, you know, like, well, I'm going to the NFL. So, like, it's like I was half and half. Like, I was half setting myself up, but still, like, well, I'm still focusing on my goal and I'm going to get there. But that's dope, man. Like I said, to hear you say that and to hear people still doing that. So, um, word to everybody that's listening, man. And if you're a student athlete and something I'm definitely going to tell my high school kids that I'm coaching because it's a few knuckleheads we definitely got on the team <laughs> that's still just so fixated on this NFL, man. But 
it's it's a process, man. You have to take the steps to get there. And if you do take those steps and it still don't work out, you still need to have something to fall back on. And that's that comes with getting out of your comfort zone, going into sitting into a class that has nothing to do with you or going to a business meeting or a club that has nothing to do with you. Um, so I really want to highlight that, man, and definitely want to shout you out for definitely having an initiative to do that um, in, in college because not a lot of student athletes will, will have that initiative to do that. Um, was you Were you involved with anything else um, on campus? Um, I was. So being in Ferris Youth Initiative, I actually became the president of that, um, of that really esoteric community of students. So when there was panels to speak on, when there was opportunities um, to display research, um, I was the first in line to sit in on those panels or get up and read research to people um, and really just tell people about the student experience from a black male perspective that wasn't like basketball, football. I love tapping in to my university resources mm -hmm. because I got to go upstairs and talk with the president of our university. I got to go upstairs and have conversations with the deans of different departments and see them as people. And they in turn got to see me as a person. I got to know some of the, um, some of the staff that worked in financial aid, worked in housing. It was, oh, this is more than just what they what they kind of sold me at the beginning. Right. These these resources as a student, they're for all of us. There's um, one of my best experiences of my life was um, partnering with. Um, so I have some Saudi Arabian brothers uh, mm -hmm. from Saudi Arabia that I met at Ferris State University. Man, I don't even know what I would do without those people. Because as human beings, there's so much in the news about people, but when you know and you get to sit down and have dinner and you get to have capsa and you get to sit down and drink maybe Turkish tea with people, or you get to you get to do these these real cultural different things with folks that you might see over there, but you don't know how to interact with them. And I did this English I did an English language program and I was able to um, get enough funding. And I actually went to Amsterdam and Utrecht and Rotterdam and The Hague um, over in Europe That's based cool. off of just like, oh, I can do this. And at and it was weird because football, I don't remember anybody else going study abroad, but I had mentors around the university as a whole that helped me get funding and to send me abroad for about a month in Europe by myself. And it was <laughs> it was one of say, that would have happened, man, if you not had, you know, again, if your mindset wasn't focused and just like already fixated on like, man, look, I'm not, I'm more than, like you said, you more than just a student athlete, man. And again, that just speaks to you as a person, man. Like I said, you, yeah, you've had some trials and tribulations growing up and that forced you to, you know, mature older than, you know, some may have, but you know, it's what you're gonna what you're gonna do with that. You chose to take that and mold that into something spectacular, man, to be able to do that, man. That's super dope. Like I said, I have my passport, I had options and opportunities to go, you know, overseas to play football, but um like I said, I wasn't that's just something, man, that I wasn't thinking. And just listening to listening to you talk, it's like this might be our best episode for real, man, because <laughs> we, getting, we getting, like I said, this information, man, that not a lot of people, you know 
know or not a lot of people think that that's that's available to them, man. So like I said, I, I'm feeling already like a better person just from sitting here listening, <laughs> man, and having this conversation, man. No lie, no joke, man, for real, because it's it's something like I said, I never would have thought um before we hopped on here like that. This is the kind of um content that I'm gonna be getting. Like for real, man. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not lying to you. I didn't know what to expect. I came here with no expectations, but this is definitely not it. <laughs> well, well, let me say, listen, back to what I said when I first was able to connect with you. If the platform wasn't here, I would be talking to myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so to be able to extrapolate these life experiences right. with you, mm-hmm. this is, man, you, you, you are a blessing. Like you, you did this. Because it takes a community. And I say that from my heart because, like, we build an affinity right now that we didn't have before. Right. This is, this is bigger than football. It is. And brother, what brought us together was football for sure. But because um, I, I, was, I was trying to think, too, like, before we came here, I'm like, I don't even, like, even remember us, like, even, like, having, like, a real, <laughs> like, conversation. I just think one day, um, like I said, it might have been, like, a senior year because we played you guys. Yep. Uh, my senior year, and that was the one and only time that we ever played y'all. Yep. Um, and like I said, my boy Corey, shot my boy Corey Stone. Um, <sighs> you know, he was on the team. Like I said, that's another, that's another connection that we got. But, I, mean, I think it was after that game, man. I torched y'all on the first play. <laughs> first play touchdown, <laughs> right out the gate. There's no more of that. <laughs> Yo, we we came back like. Hey. We knew this was gonna happen. We literally, we was like, we knew this was gonna happen. Man, that's Yo. funny, man. Because on the kickoff return, like we had, we had a, a last minute change because we had that weird three man weed yeah. on the kickoff return, and um, one of the guys that had got thrown in there, he might have been a freshman. I didn't even go say his name, but shout out my <laughs> little bro. He like he was bobbling the ball. And I was like, it just happened to like bounce off his helmet on my helmet, and I grabbed it. And I ran that thing down there to the 50. And I was like, I almost took the kickoff return. It, back was, it was it was getting it was getting out of hand. It there. was great. And then I took it, I took the kickoff return to like the 50. And then the very next play, 50 yard bomb. <laughs> I was getting, we was getting, we like, yo, we, <laughs> they came back, man, spanked us. We got blew out. They whooped our ass. It's all good. But I got one off. I was balling. <laughs> Hey, listen, for anybody out there, stay persistent because Marcus is being <laughs> humble right now, but he was a a, a manimal out there. Like <laughs> yo, it was yeah, I remember oh, like it was yesterday because y'all even had Clarence turn on y'all team. And mm-hmm. Clarence Clarence was uh one of my mm-hmm. homeboys from high school, and it was like, yo, I remember I was just texting back and forth about you. <laughs> and just having like conversations about who the weapons are, and I knew who the who the weapons were, but it was like when when you get out there, and you get to see them in action, there's no one who can save you. <laughs> it was like being, a, being on an island is is, is 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 not a fun thing. Yeah, you, and that that go back to what you said earlier. Um, like I said, when you first started out, when you got hurt, you was like you wanted to do the hitting, you want to move get moved to defense and yep. that's why I wanted to play offense. I'm like, I'm not trying to be out there throwing my body on the line every play, knocking helmets with people. I'd rather make somebody look crazy for trying to check me or trying to like chase me around. So like, nah, I'm gonna do offense. But um I had a good quarterback, man. I had a young Pip, a young Antonio Pip. Uh yes. Pip who we shot our episode. Go check that out. Shout out my boy Pip. 
Um, and then we had a coaching staff that was like finding their groove. So I was a part of that foundation because when I got to Tiffin, we were super trash. Owen <laughs> 11, Owen this, two and this, one and that. And then my senior year, uh, we won the most games. I think Tiffin never won in like 20 or 30 years or something. We were under 500. We were one game under 500, but still, um, you know, that was the turnaround. And now, you know, they on top of the world. They didn't won a division, even though they got them out of the GLIAC, which is crazy because I can imagine if I was or we was out of the GLIAC, like, man, listen, I had two rings on right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I said, that's that's probably when – um, like I said, we probably, you know, start following each other, whatever, after that game. Because, like I said, uh, that was my first time seeing Corey in, like, forever. Now, I can even remember, recall when the last time we had linked up. Um, but, yeah, man, like I said, just to wrap that up, we went on a tangent. But, like I said, that's just um, – I want to say after that game, like I said, we start following each other and things like that, liking pictures, commenting here and there. But, um, like I said, really glad, like I said, we get able to connect on a deeper level, man. And, um, like I said, man, it's, the relationship going to only get better from here for sure. And this is definitely not the only time that you're going to be on here either. We're going to get you on here, you know, on some laid back stuff to talk about topics that we got. It don't even matter, man. And sure. definitely, you know, link up in, in person once the COVID stuff slow down. And because um, we're going to for sure, you know, take our talents on the road. If, if you're in Colorado, uh, we for, we can make a trip out there, too. It don't matter because that will be some a dope backdrop, everything. I got a cameraman, the whole nine. We can get it popping. I'm in Boulder. <laughs> I'm I'm in Boulder, so come pull up. And you made a you made a statement that I would like to contextualize uh, yeah. just for one second. It's like you gotta you gotta be on common ground before you can go to higher ground. Mm. And that's and this Jules is what you're right doing. there, man. Like that Jules right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're doing. You you bringing people to a con- we we have a commonality, mm-hmm. but the mindset is so transcendent that you are creating this. And I um I sincerely appreciate you because oh, and thank you. It it's your energy, it's your soul, it's your blood, it's your heart working, it's your tears, and um it's a joy. So I wanna say that because Absolutely. you you create you create this you create this dynamic and you foster this. Um so this could not be possible without you. I s I'm not a I, when I when I when I fade off into the abyss, I wanna I wanna leave everything that I've ever learned, that I've ever taken and put it back into the world because because um, like that Ferrari I saw earlier, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it, but mm-hmm. I can know, I, but I know I can't take it with me. Right, right. Fact, yeah. man, that's something I've been um, speak. Corey speaking back to Corey, he made a Facebook post. It's like you know, y'all y'all investing and y'all want material things. I want assets. I want real estate. And you know, I've been trying to tell my little brother that as well, but he's young, so it's kind of like. You you only live once. It's cool to have the flashy things and you know to have those things. But to your point, like I said, you can't take it with you, and you need to invest in something that's gonna you know do well over time. And with me having kids, um, and hopefully for you future, like when you have kids, you know that's definitely what you want to live for, man. That generational wealth and to create that generational wealth. And it's crazy. Once we started this. You know, I'm practicing at home and doing things like that. And my daughter want to come in and she want to, can we have our podcast? I'm like, sure, we got our podcast. And she hit me with something that got me teary-eyed. I was like, you like doing this, huh? Because she was, it looked so natural to her. Like she had the microphone on, she was vibing out. And I was like, you like doing this, huh? She was like, yeah, because I get to spend time with my dad. And I just, I lost it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, geez, I was laughing or whatever, but then I settled down and I just like really let it sink in and was like, man, like, 
So that's why I was like, I don't care who listen, don't li- I it don't even matter, man. Like that's yep. that's what I'm doing it for. Cause like she can get older and now she might I was doing research. I don't think it's no late night, um, no late night hosts that are female that are a black female at that. So I was like, you know, this could be an avenue for you to do that or to have your own show on ESPN. Like anything can come from this, man. And who knows what technology gonna have, you know, in store for them when they get older. Um mm-hmm. But Fair State, um, like I said, we we got off on a tangent. Um, but you, um, I think we left off with you um, making these connections to be able to study abroad and um, do things like that. So um, we touched on that year in high school that, you know, was a good year, bad year for you. What would be that year for you in college? Mm. <clears throat> I, I probably the one that was more turbulent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good year. So I would say my senior year. Um, my senior year, I didn't. So as a freshman at Ferris, I was starting, and our record went up tremendously. My junior year is probably my best year of football. Yeah, y'all played balling, dude. You got a ring, right? Yeah, y'all got us some. Yeah. yeah so my 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 junior and my senior year, we went we we won the Gleek outright both years. So I got two rings from those. But my junior to my senior year, I went from starting to more of like a reserve. And um, as that was happening. I was up and coming in track too because I was able to extend. I was going to that too. Yeah, yeah, you did. I wasn't. I wasn't able to do that. My coach wouldn't let me. I don't know why, but it's all good. And and it was and it was really like when I got to Ferris initially, I thought I was going to be able to do the track gig the whole time, but it wasn't that when I got there. And I remember uh, going out for the track team like my sophomore year, and I went to Gleex and I placed in the one hundred and two hundred. And at this point, I was probably getting ready for my junior year of football and I had I just blew it out the water and I, I placed at those events and no one had placed in those events in like 20 years and I, something like crazy like that so the track coach offered me a scholarship that matched a football scholarship oh. and yeah so and then the Ferris Youth Initiative program also gave me a scholarship that matched the other scholarships. So I was, I was able to really bring down all of my costs of everything mm-hmm. at the university and um, graduate with almost zero debt. And, and that was because the opportunities of one breadcrumb turned to a loaf of bread, <laughs> turned to now I'm baking bread. And um yo, you the king in analogies, man. He has <laughs> analogies, man. And these little these little jewels, man. That's what's up. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. And my mind it just it just helps me yeah, to right, like, right. people know about bread, you know, slices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, my junior year to my senior year was probably the most turbulent in terms of like I was becoming more of a student in the terms of I just came back from Europe. I I was cult- I was finding my cultural differences like within like the entire global system, um, and I just I didn't see myself just as a football player no more. And I think for better or worse, my love for football was fading because like mm-hmm. you were doing uh, some probably just you was doing different things that was more meaningful and powerful than probably that yeah and 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 exactly that they were way more powerful and again football was not my first sport but i was really good at it right. so it was like people saw my talent but they didn't see where my heart was and for me it was like 
I'm bigger than just a student athlete and I actually have more to offer. So as I started to be more reserved my senior year, I was, it was a point where I wanted to quit. I absolutely wanted to quit uh, for like half of the year. And I, but I stayed cause I was like, how many other hard things have I been through and that I had to still do anyways. Mm-hmm. So I stayed on the team and even though my reps didn't go up in the games in practice, listen, you can go and get, you can go look up the huddle <laughs> clamps. It was, it, it just, it just got, it got trash. It like, I, I was out there and it was just like, Oh, there's no more people catching open passes. There's no more people catch. There was nothing. And I, um, I elevated my mind to think about, okay, if I can't leave the situation, which I came here for, I'm going to just bust my butt and really benefit myself of not quitting even when it got hard. So at the same time it was getting hard, I did an internship with the police department and that went really sour for me because um, criminal mm-hmm. justice was my, was my bachelor degree. Right. That That's went, interesting. Went so sour. So, but I always remember they would say like, okay, when you do an internship, you, you use this opportunity to see if you want to do this or not. And I remembered that. So when it went sour, I was just like, Oh, I'm not doing that at all. Like, I don't, I don't want to be around the police officers. I don't want to be around the criminal justice system. And now my, my views have changed slightly because um, I have a little bit more context. However, right. the person that was leading my Ferris Youth Initiative uh, program, she called me to her office and she was like, Demonte, I really believe that you can go to grad school. So while football was looking not good, while um, my internship was terrible, someone was like, I think you can go to grad school and get a master's of higher education. And again, having many university resources, I was able to pull letters of recommendation. I was able to write a statement. It, this, this literally took me on one Friday. We contacted the school because I ended up going to Indiana State. So shout out to Indiana State. Um, I ended up getting all the paperwork I needed in 10 hours from eight to five, whatever it was. I got it all together and um, I submitted it. I got invited to Indiana State the next week. And I, um, I interviewed there and halfway through my senior year, I was like, I remember being in class and they was like, what are you, what's your plans for a job? And I was just like, oh, I'm going to grad school. And, um, and no one even knew that I was like going to grad school because like a week before that, I didn't know I was going either. And right. I got accepted and I was like, I'm never, I'm never, I'm not, I'm not going to criminal justice. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to NFL. Say that again. I said, well, so what you end up getting your master's in? So I have a master's in higher education. Um, so, so working at the university of Colorado Boulder right now, um, within the office of admissions and, to just transcend going from my eighth grade year, not even knowing what college was, to my senior year getting a scholarship a week before signing day, to when I'm a senior at Ferris State, having an internship sink on me and to have what I thought football was to deflate on me, um, someone had my back. And again, that initiative of like, I had to buy a suit, I had to prep for interviews, I had to learn about research theories and I had to do these things in a very expedited time. Um, but I was built for it. Dope, dope, man. Super dope. And I kind of had a similar thing as well, where I just had to force myself to get ready. And that was like, I want to say 2016 when, um, I went out to South Dakota and played arena football. And once the season was over, 
it was like, all right, well, I got probably like two minutes worth of film. Let me try to, you know, work my connects, work my plugs and people that I've trained with, worked out with, whatever. So I was shooting my emails and um, highlight tapes to my old agent, my trainer in Louisville, my trainer in San Diego, coaches at the All-Star game, my college coaches, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I even called Jim Caldwell with the Lions. Like I had his number from uh, me uh, participating in their mini camp and I was just shooting it all out. And um, lo and behold, nothing came back. So I was like, well, now what I'm going to do? And I just had to learn on the fly. Like I went, uh, interviewed for this sales job and bombed it. Like that was like, it was crazy, but I left. And then um, I was like, well, let me go back. I need to ask, I need to like, what, what did I do wrong? I just needed to know. And Mm -hmm. then I went back and met with the person. They was just like, we could tell that this was your first interview. We could tell that, you know, you have that sports background, so we know that football is primarily the only thing that, that you've done. Um, they were wasn't really able to give me no true advice outside of just being confident. And if you don't know the answer, you know, don't make up an answer. You just be honest and straightforward with your approach and your answer. Um, but I later, you know, began to get better at that. But I had to turn back to what I knew and what I grew up around and now with sports. And I was able to get an internship with Wright State. Um, I interned with their men's basketball team and their women's basketball team, setting up promotions and um, um, social media posting and the whole nine. So because marketing and advertising was um, was my bachelor's degree, sports marketing, and then my master's was marketing. So I do good with, you know, like numbers and just coming up with different things. I feel like that could um, potentially help a business or anything like that. But just go back to your point of having, knowing what to do, like knowing what to do in such a short amount of time is really tough, man, really challenging. And looking back on it now, it's kind of crazy that I was able to prevail and and come through through the other side because it was a rough, it was rough for real. And what, and what you said that I caught from that is um, <clears throat> the initiative. Initiative and persistence separates us. And it's, even if I fail, I'm persistent enough to keep failing. Because right. I believe I only fail when I quit. And if I don't quit, I don't fail. I like that. I like that. It's, it's, it's just really, it's like yeah. when, Kobe, when Kobe broke his right hand and he started to shoot with his left hand, like when he went to the games, he shot so many times with his left hand that it, when I have to adjust, nothing is different. My mind is already there. My body don't have to adjust because I've already been adjusted. And um, I, I try to internalize those things in my mind. And um, it's, it's just, it's an initiative and persistence. Yeah. And, and me too, man. What did it for me, speaking of Kobe again, was I seen his documentary called Muse. And I think it was when he was in Denver and he airballed in the playoffs and he just kept airballing, kept airballing. And it had this footage of him. He was like, I went to the gym. I had a guy unlock the gym. And locked me in the gym for 24 hours and I did nothing but shoot. Mm-hmm. And that would that's that did it for me. I said that I knew he was great and I knew his competitiveness was on something else, but that made me internalize and realize, well, whatever work I thought I was doing coming up, like I was nowhere near close <laughs> to, being, to being great or trying to be in the NFL because that's a whole different sacrifice. That's a different type of determination, man. And I've, not to say that I didn't have it, but it was like, man, I thought I was making some sacrifice. I wouldn't, really wasn't doing nothing. Uh-huh. That is, that's, I'm saying that's, that's different. That's a different kind of beast, different kind of animal, man. He shaped and molded so many people, man. And 
we probably didn't even probably knew it, but man, it's crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Rest in peace, up. Cole, man. Rest in peace, Mamba. And I um and G and everybody else that was that was on the plane. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rest in peace, all the souls. Um with that, it's it's like when a student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm-hmm. And it's like we gonna be ready as you get ready. Mm-hmm. Like people want to get to the finish. It's a process for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to skip over the process. The right. process is having those air balls. So when you go to the game the next time, you just think about hitting the rim. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about getting the board and making my free throws. Why hit a game with a shot when you do the little things? Right. Right. <laughs> I like that, man. Uh, so getting into your senior year in college, um, I can imagine at this point, like you already touched on, um, you start to see football deflate a little bit. So your mindset was already thinking, you know, life after football and getting ready to already graduate. So, um, but still, was that a bittersweet feeling for you? Um, you know, graduating and things kind of playing out not the way you wanted to, or were you just so set on just leaving that behind and starting this new chapter? That's a great question. Um, Man, it's a great question. And I was excited for the next chapter, right? Because I never wanted to go to the NFL. However, I was still bitter <laughs> that I couldn't go out there and um, and perform as I wanted to right. with I knew like, I knew that my body had a little bit more um, that I wanted to still get out of it um, in that capacity. However, I was ready to move on. I was ready to go. I was ready to, for the next challenge because Everything up until my senior year of football had been all physical. It's all it's based off of my physical capability. And I was ready for that challenge of graduate school to see what is my mind like when it's in those tough situations, when I have to go and do a research paper or four or five. And the thing that was really um, different about my graduate experience was that I was a graduate assistant. So I actually worked at the university with a department chair, with a dean, with a, um, with a program chair. And I had to really internalize being not just a student athlete no more. They didn't care that I was, they didn't care that I was a former student athlete. No one cared. Everybody in my class was smart. Everybody in my class worked hard. So I had to show up and show out and really um, like kind of debunk those myths of what a student athlete was like. So I felt as though I was really championing all those battles of like a black male in a classroom full of intellectuals. So I was excited that I really got to tap into that side of myself because I think I had this quote of like, when I was 25, I'm 26 now, when I'm 25, I want to still do things when I'm 95. And you can't always play sports. You can't climb trees, but you can paint, you can write, you can maybe ride a bike, you can go for a walk. It's like, I'm looking for things that are, that are, it's actually a legacy. And football for me is so many greats that it's watered down for me to try to be another great. I don't want to do that. So I was able to really ride that wave out and ride it out with grace because when I wanted to quit, I didn't. And I think that that was more impactful for me to show myself when it got tough, you don't have to leave. It probably is not going to go how you want it to go, but you can't just throw in the towel and say, I quit. And internally, that's been one of my biggest motivators is like, I know I went through some stuff from starting as a freshman to riding the bench as a senior. 
it, it, it's, it's a very, it's a pride adjuster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I was built for it. That's what's up, man. And um, I just, you saying that made me realize it as well, how, uh, like I said, I was at ease with, um, in 2016 to to just walk away. Like, like I said, mm-hmm. I've been through so much. I've done so much. I've proved many people wrong. I didn't, mm-hmm. when I was at the bottom, I was low. I was in the middle, I was up. I was everywhere. And mm-hmm. I left everything on the field, man. I gave it everything that I had. I put in the extra work. I done had the awards, the accolades, the bad seasons. The, I done did it all. So, like, I mean, I couldn't really trip on not making it to where I want to make it to. I got a small taste of it. It was cool. I was in the NFL locker room, NFL helmet on, caught a pass from Matt Stafford. Like, I didn't – I like, what else? Like, I mean, it, it was – it was cool, man. And again, to be where I, to come where I come from, I had people like say, hate on me. You ain't good. I'd have been benched before. I'd have been the mm-hmm. second. I'd have did it all. So it was like to, to come from that and to be where I'm at now. Um, I won off the high road. I had a, we won a championship. I was able to get a ring from football, my one and only ring. Um, so it was cool, man. Like I said, I was at ease with my decision of doing that and, it's time to start to, it's time to be great at something else. It's time to start over from square one, try to be great at something else. I've been doing football since I was six years old. And what I started was 2016. So four years ago, it's 24 years old, 18 years of my life. I gave this, I gave this sport, this game, everything I had. So um, now I'm looking forward to seeing what I'm going to do with these next 18, these next 18 years, man. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a lovely ride. I'm looking forward to it. Sure. You're gonna be you're gonna be very impactful, and I um and I say that and I say that with my heart because, again, you're doing work that will be here long after us, but it's like what kind of work do you want to leave behind? Mm-hmm. And um, there will always be peaks and valleys, and you got to go through the valley to get to the peak. Mm-hmm. So no, when it gets tough, that the view and the work to get to the top is just gonna be as hard as coming back down. So but when you have the stuff that I'm trying to tell my daughter and our kid, we're trying to teach her to ride a bike and she want to give up. She ready to take the training wheels off. And I'm like, you got to get the training wheels right first. You got to get mm-hmm. your balance right first. Training wheels. It's mm-hmm. a process. It's a process. Um, how was, um, how was Indiana state? Like you said, you trained, you, you graduated straight from uh fair state and then went right into grad school. Um, I graduated. I probably had, maybe four or five months off. And then I ultimately went into grad school as well. But uh, were you actually in Indiana or you did your stuff online? No, no, I was in Terre Haute, Indiana. I was um, in, in the thick of Southern kind of Indiana. Um, Indiana is a weird state, man. <laughs> but, but shout out. To, uh, sincerely, it's a place again that I, that I chose to go to and that accepted me with open arms and while I did have some trials and tribulations, as a human being and as a man and as a soul in this world, that's where I, I was able to really challenge my values that I thought I had for myself and to really, um, again, extrapolate some of the experiences that I had in my past and wash, it, and wash them anew. And being at Indiana State, learning how to be a graduate assistant, the first seven weeks, shout out to Dr. Mary, Dr. Candice, because they, they was ready to there's, I had two black supervisors, two black women supervisors who are amazing in oh. the field of academia. Oh. Um, 
they wanted to, they wanted to kick me out of campus. <laughs> they wanted to get me out of there because I wasn't up to par on the things that they might have thought that I had because I interviewed very well, but I still didn't I still didn't have the the wherewithal or the the other the other kind of context or the context around me to help me to be the best student I was. So for the first seven eight weeks, I remember we were approaching fall break, and they were like all right, we're almost getting to the semester. And if you don't pick this up, we're going to have to, might let you go. Mm-hmm. And I, I tapped in. I tapped into something that was more than myself. And I was able to really be fulfilled by just letting my ego go. Because again, thinking like, oh, I come from a school where I'm a student athlete. They don't care about that. Um, they have work for you to do and work for you to progress as a person. And they have these high standards that they weren't going to let budge for no one. I remember... Uh, read an APA manual and um, a lot of academic writing is APA manual writing and I hated it and I absolutely hated it and I asked a question and they were like oh no don't tell them the answer you're gonna have to go look that up but it built this discipline in me Mm -hmm. that was so ingrained of being just an accurate researcher and being a student of the game and for so long I professed that I love school but I actually had to work hard when I ever had to work. And being a graduate assistant, um, serving the dean or the department chair or those, or those folks who are my direct supervisors, they gave me hope because I didn't want to go back. Again, I, that transition from that internship was a sour taste in my mouth. Right. And I was like, well, I'm not about to fail twice. I'm not about to fail back to back. I'm not, not going to take back to back L's on a case of me not performing how I know I could perform. Um, so Indiana State for me was a place where I really found myself like my second year of graduate school um, leading up into my capstone presentation where I presented on foster youth um, I presented on black male statistics um, who went through the foster care system and I remember our vice president of student affairs at the time uh, Dr. Willie Banks um, his comment was this is riveting and I and that's burned in my memory because I, I didn't believe that I could do something so well but to have so many hours in the library that semester, I remember staying up two or three and four o'clock in the morning in the library for like months straight, learning the APA manual, learning how to make a citation, learning the little things about my craft, just as I did with football or track. Um, So I was able, I was able to translate that to like, to that growth. That's what's up, man. Sound you jack of all trades, man, out here. That's what's up. (laughs) Out here. Um, so what year did you uh, graduate with your master's in higher education? So I graduated Ferris 2016. I graduated Indiana State 2018. So May 2018, I graduated my master's. And then that same summer is when I trekked the boulder where I, where I had a couple of job offers and they weren't the ones that I was particularly um, looking for. So I, I told my family, we had a conversation and I was like, I think I'm going to move to Boulder, Colorado. There's like, you have no job. And I was like, I believe in myself. And um, with that belief, about a month into it, I was, I was able to get a job offer from the University of Colorado Boulder. Um, in my mind, it took me from surviving to thriving because I was, because of having a master's as a person in this world will open up so many doors. Mm-hmm. But coming from a foster care system and to one degree, but two degrees, 
in the time limit of like a, a typical foster youth will graduate three to 11% of foster youth will graduate college in four to six years. I had two degrees in six years. No one could, okay. no one could, no one could account for me. Lesson. So, uh, yeah. uh, seriously, it was truly just, uh, I was in awe. Super, super. <laughs> super dope, man. Super dope, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, how did that, how did that ultimately um, come about? What other options did you have? Um, like I said, outside of, uh, outside of Colorado. Um, I thought I was going to get a job at Indiana State. I did not. And I could have got one back at my alma mater at Ferris State, actually working in admissions. <laughs> but I was like, no, nah, that's like, it wasn't that it was too easy. I, I truly wanted uh, like a, a geographical change for my life right, right. Um, to get out that circumstance. Because once you change geographical regions and like places that you've been, it makes you think about everything so much more different. The, the world is bigger, man. Like I said, I appreciate and I love football to the death and to my core, man, because it took me so I wouldn't been able to see San Diego, California. I probably wouldn't have been able to see Las Vegas, mm-hmm. Atlanta, Dallas, Texas, like Phoenix, Arizona, Portland, Oregon. Like it's, it's so many places, man, that I was able to see because of this football, man, it's ridiculous. So um, I strongly urge people, you know, to like I said, get involved in some sport, man, because it's gonna take it's gonna take you farther than you can imagine. And it's and it's in the world it might seem so big, and so right. you can because now you can think about all those places and you know somebody there. Facts, and, that's, and it makes the world smaller. <laughs> Facts, man. Play people that, like I said, that still, you know, on some form or fashion, you know, we communicate, whether it be a silly Snapchat or a yep. comment on Instagram or something, man. Anything, man. Like I said, that's relationships that's going to last long and, you know, to, to whenever, man. And um, something I say that can hope, you know, amplify and blow this up, man. Because, like I said, we don't. We done reached Ireland. I woke up this morning and was looking at the stats, and we got somebody listening to the podcast in Ireland, man. So shout out to Ireland. Yeah, facts, man. Dublin and um, Lancaster, I think it is. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm if I'm messing it up. Um, but yeah, it's it's super nuts, man. Um, but like I said, to your point, um, you know, football allowed you to be able to, you know, have those options of you know traveling and wanting to get you know a, a different location, but. Uh, like I said, you didn't, Indiana State wasn't having it for whatever reason, and then you said, <laughs> too easy at Ferris, and then, like I said, you ended up in, in Boulder, Colorado. I've only had layovers in, in Denver, and, <laughs> um, but like I said, I've never typically visit, but have you ever been? Have you ever been out there before that? Uh, or out to, west at all, period? Yeah, I've been to, I've been to California. Uh, San Diego is one of my favorite travel spots yeah, because – they got, so, <laughs> they got some of the best tacos and the best burritos mm-hmm. in the ocean. Um, I love, I love, I learned how to surf actually like a couple, oh, the same cool. summer, the same summer that I actually got a job in Boulder, a little, um, a family that lived in Lima, Peru was at the beach at the same time I was. And listen, it took me like five hours to learn how to get up on a board. But it was one of those moments where, like, I was out there for so long that when I finally got up, I had people cheering for me once I got up on the thing because I was persistent. I was like, I'm not I'm only I'm out of here one time and Mm -hmm. y'all surfing. I'm going to be surfing, too. And um, so I never I never been to Boulder before I actually drove there. 
um, actually with one of my brothers. He works for Google in Boulder. And um, that I slept on his couch for like, I was like, when he moved out there, I was like, I think I was talking to him. I was like, hey, I think I could get a job out here. And he had to leave. Uh, he has a dog. And I tell people that's the crux of the story because uh, I was watching the dog while he was gone in, uh, at like the Mountain View campus in, in California. So while I'm in Colorado, I'm like, wow, I could really do this. And that's when I went back to Michigan. I told my family, I was like, yo, actually, I think I'm going to go back to Colorado. And that was a, it was an awkward conversation because your family won't, they want you to succeed and they want you to fail, but you only fail when you quit. Mm-hmm. And I would, and I was out there and I remember I was fresh out of grad school and I had the confidence of like, why work this hard for a degree and take a safe bet when I thought I was going to end up somewhere like Indiana state and I didn't get it. So when I didn't get that, I was going for gold. I was going for the highest accolades of a university. Um, and they, and they, and they accepted me. And um, it's a wonderful opportunity for me to be at the University of Colorado Boulder because I'm a young man in eighth grade. I didn't even know that you had to pay for college. And now I work in the Office of Admissions and I- um, We know everything. And, it, and it's to educate people. And it's to educate myself on the process of like, it hasn't been easy. None of this has been easy, but doing it with some grace and some diligence, um, it makes it worth it. And um and and we definitely want you to um cover that man. That might be a topic we have to hit next episode. But definitely, I think that's something that you know would would be good for people to hear. You know how you know admissions work or how you're able to pay for college different ways that mm-hmm. which you can pay for college. Um, what can you qualify for? What can't you qualify for? I think all of those things are definitely important, man. And um, you know, I think that is is a blessing to have you in that position because you know again that's something that not a lot of our people are aware of and for you to be in that position and we are able to spread that knowledge and that information to get to them early and they can know it at such a young age. Um, it's going to be huge, man. It's going to be very important. Um, I was going to say just to um, get back when I see that you was, um, you said that you had your bachelor's in, in criminal justice and then how that whole experience went sour for you. I was going to like, in my mind, I was like, yo, we need you in this field. Like, especially in these times right now, it's like, we need you in this field. But like I said, I know I know it's probably still somewhat in you, but I can, I can only imagine how that experience was. Um, like I said, working, um, doing your internship with the police and all that stuff into now, like I said, see what's going on, man. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I was like, we could have definitely used you in this field, man, because it would have been dope. I got a guy like that now, and um, and you try my roommate, actually, Keith, he majors in criminal justice, and I've been trying to push him, like, yo, man, you need to, mm-hmm. you know everything about the law, man. You've been talking, you make little jokes here and there about it, man, but no, you need to go ahead and do that, man, for real. Yep. yep. And it's exactly what you're saying, to try to find, um, sometimes working within the system, you can't change the system, but I really believe, um, having the having that knowledge of what the system is doing for any organization that you're working with and then stepping away from like more of like a consultant type of perspective of like this is what i've seen and this is what i can share um because systems change very slow but i ultimately um and when i when i'm writing poetry or when i'm conducting or when i'm making art no poem um, by the way too i I sincerely appreciate that um (laughs) 
and it's like those platforms where I didn't go to school to be a poet, but I have these things in my, in my heart and my soul that where my degrees allow me to sit back in a, um, in a, in a comfortable fashion, if you will, to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But not think about where my meal is going to come from and, 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 and get into something that's, that's more than myself to ultimately give back to the people that I'm around. Same thing with this platform, man. Like I did not envision this at all. And, but I knew that it was something for me, a way to give back. I knew that it was a way for me to be uncomfortable. I tell that to my wife all the time. Like it's okay to be, you have to get uncomfortable, go through uncomfortable so that you can be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And like, I still wrestle with it to this day. Like, I'm pretty, like, I'm a, every, nobody's perfect. Like, every day, man, we have to work to get better. Every day we have to work mm-hmm. to overcome a mistake we made yesterday or mis- whatever. It doesn't matter. But each day I wrestle with that and I tell myself that, like, I may be somewhere and I'm like, man, I don't really want to be here. But let me stick it out. Something, it may, something might change. Something might come out of this. Let me just stick with being uncomfortable because I know me, I know that five, 10 minutes, maybe not even that long. I'm a switch is going to happen within me to where, all right, I'm going to be my normal self again. I'm going to be comfortable and mm-hmm. I'm going to start, you know, working the room, doing whatever. Um, but yeah, like I said, that's, that, that definitely go hand in hand, man. I see a lot of similarities, man, within this interview uh, with just, you know, our, our sports background and how we're reinventing ourselves and just doing different things, you know, mm-hmm. to, 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 to put out something, again, you said that's positive, to put out something that's going to be here when we're gone, that's going to be here, like I said, when our kids, kids, you know, get, get older and start to hopefully, you know, take the torch and you know, pick, it, pick it up where we left off. Um, but like I said, I see Boulder, Colorado treating you nice, man. You've been doing a lot of things that um, I, I have on my bucket list because I, like I like the outdoors. I like to be in nature, man. And um, just a couple years ago, my wife, um, like I said, her family, they go to Gatlinburg, Tennessee every year or almost every year. And the year that we did, we went, uh, I went whitewater rafting, zip lining, and, and uh, we took a hike up to, you know, this, this um, highest point of a mountain or whatever. But you doing all of those things out there, man, you ever envision yourself doing, doing these kind of things? Or like I said, you was just out there. You was like, I mean, when in Rome, right? <laughs> like you out here. Man, I um, never, ever, ever would have thought I'd be rock climbing. <laughs> Never, ever would I thought I'd be ice climbing. Never right. would I thought that I would just, my zen would be heading to the top of a mountain and sitting there. Um, right, man. So peaceful. It, and it's so peaceful. And the thing that really grabs me, though, is that why I did not think about those things. Right. I, always, I always would try to get new feelings out of the same experiences. Mm-hmm. And that and that don't really add up that much, right? And to, <laughs> and to be in Boulder, Colorado, my the the elements and the social economic status of the people that I'm around, their mindsets, their their culture, I'm adapting to the whole thing. And it's not a person per se, but mm-hmm. as a human being, I'm interested in so much. And when I'm on a rock, I remember I was in um, Sand Gulch in Southern Colorado last year. And I went on my first camping and climbing trip. I've never been camping in my life, but waking up in nature to when you get to see the sun hit the mountain before anything else. And you get to see it go from like a light gray or is black, light gray, white, pink, 
orange. You're like, this is better than any light in any house I've been in because it's the world. And being in Colorado, the best thing for me has been really connecting with the, the soul of the world. Um, shout out to the Alchemist as well. If you haven't read the Alchemist, got it. I hey, have, I have. It. It's sitting in the bookshop. I'm trying to finish, and that's another. I, I have. I'm reading Malcolm X autobiography right now. Yup. And I kid you not, like when I got that book, the next day I got. Um, it's a book by Michael Eric Dyson. I think it's called like something white people make uncomfortable. Some crazy title like that. Uh, Michael Eric Dyson book came. The Four Agreements came. Yep. Alchemist came. And then Michelle Obama book was in there as well. But I'm I've been debating these past couple of days. Like, man, I don't know. I've been procrastinating finishing this Malcolm X book. I know his story. I just want to read it to refresh, but I don't know, man. I may have to go ahead and yeah, I I've been hearing good things about it, man. So yes, that's on deck for sure. That's, and 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 the four agreements, reading reading books like that are so I have these this this quote that I tell myself. Um drink water, stretch, speak to myself politely. Mm. When you're reading books like that, you want to leave people with kind of like a couple things that they can remember. And the alchemist or the four agreements, even Malcolm X, anything that we can extrapolate from something that we've just learned about, that's amazing. But to be able to tell somebody that within like maybe two to three seconds, that's right. transcendent. Mm. And I, um, that's the work that that's, that's the conversation that you can have with your daughter about piece by piece. I can help you build this castle. A Lego start with one piece. You know what I mean? Right. A, Lego, a Legos are individual pieces. Mm-hmm. And that's just like everything else. Yep. Absolutely, man. Dope, man. Dope, dope, dope. Like I said, we could talk for hours, man. Like I said, we definitely gonna get you on, um, like I said, on another episode to dive more into, again, like I mentioned earlier, um, how the different ways to to pay for college admissions and things like yep. that, and ultimately other things that you're looking to get into in Colorado. Um, if you're like I said interested in making that you know your home forever, or like I said any anything um, more that like I said we can dive into on the next episode, man, we for sure will. Um, but we gonna close it out, man. With um, I got a segment here, nine questions with Jet Nine. I got nine typical everyday questions. All right, um, with Jet Nine, so. Um, you on an island and you got five artists to listen to. Who are you listening to? Notice how I said artists. I just rap, R&B, pop, jazz, don't matter. Your top artist that you can listen to on an island. All right. We're going to go Wayne. We're going to go Tina Marie. We got a second Tina Marie. We're going to go Leanne Lajavas. Ooh. Don't even know. Um, okay. We can go Boney James, mm. and we're gonna go um, Drake. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gotta top him off with Drizzy. Okay, I'll sail over to that island. I like that island. Listen, I, I said you got you do Tina Marie in there. I was like, okay, yeah, it, I was it, listening it, to Square Biz earlier yeah. today. I love Square Biz, and I'm sad that I actually. Um, Honorable mention for Nip because yeah, Nip, yeah. Nipsey Hussle, yeah. rest in peace, Nipsey. That's my uh, absolutely. He he helped me to decode all of this. Absolutely, absolutely. Rest in peace, Nip. Uh, favorite movie? I'm gonna say Antoine Fisher. Mm, like that movie. Like I'm that dope movie. Dope movie. 
Super dope. Favorite TV show? The History Channel. (laughs) (laughs) Yo. (laughs) The History Channel. (laughs) The whole channel. The whole channel. (laughs) Not even show. The whole channel. What? That's funny. I catch myself every now and then flipping back and forth. Um with some stuff on there. Um, I imagine <laughs> you can get real sucked into the History Channel if that's your cup of tea. Um, but that's funny. <laughs> if, if you don't know history, how are you going to change it? Right. Facts. Facts. That's funny. Um, favorite cereal? Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles on my top five for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either. I'll say I give you... Three off the top, Fruity Pebbles, Cinnamon Toast, Crunch, and Honey Smacks. Ooh. Them three, interchangeable. They go, yeah, they can go either way. I don't matter. They all tied for number one, for real. Um, flats or drums? Mm. I, need to do a, I need to do a tally, too, because I need to keep track of how many people saying flats. Drums. You saying flats? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm back and forth. I need to come to a decision soon, but I'm back and forth. I don't know. Really don't know. Um, one we kind of talked about, I guess, a little bit uh, when we got into books about alchemists, but um, it's a two-part question. Either you can answer both or either or. Uh, most recent book you read or the best advice you received lately? Hmm. The best book that I have read lately would probably be um, The Alchemist. And the best advice that I've received lately um, is to forgive myself a little bit more Mm. and be real. um, Making mistakes is okay, but mistakes aren't to keep being made because you have a choice. There's a difference between something that you're doing directly and something that's an actual mistake. Right. Right. But to forgive myself more. I like that. I like that. Um, favorite thing to cook? Salmon. <laughs> oh, Mr. Oh, oh, listen a minute. <laughs> that's a hard no for me, man. <laughs> I got the <laughs> I can't do the salmon, man. I- it's the salmon with the rice with the veggies. Listen, got you. Hey, I was talking to a guy yesterday, man. We was talking about training tips and nutrition and diets and stuff. And he was like, yeah, man. I was like, I I can only do, uh, what do he say? He said salmon and um, it was another fish, man. Uh, catfish or something like that. I don't know. He was like, because I was like, I can only do tilapia and maybe catfish. And he was like, nah, yeah, salmon, man, with the brown rice and veal, blah, blah, blah. He whip it up, stir fry it. And nah, man, I'm sorry. You can have- it's the truth. I can't do it. <laughs> I, mean, I can't that smell, man. I just, I just can't. Um, if you can have, I've got two more questions, two more questions. Um, if you can have four people at a dinner, anybody in the whole wide world to have a conversation with, who are you having at your dinner? Four people. Frederick Douglass. Obama. A lot of Obama. Okay. Will Will Smith, dope. Nipsey Hussle. That's a 
dope ass table, man. That might be the best <laughs> table we had so far. I don't know, man. I don't know. I know we got we got two people that said Kobe for sure, and we definitely got a nip as well. But man, Frederick Douglass, Obama, Will Smith, and Nip. Super dope, man. That's super, super dope. Um question. Final question. Final question. What's one thing you want people to know about you? I'm going to tell my truth. I like that. I'm a, and I'm not going I'm not going to um, apologize for it. No, neither should you. Neither should you. That's just like damn near all of us apologizing for being black. No. Not, Don't do it. No, not at all. But I like that, man. I'm going to tell my truth. You can like it. Do whatever it is that you want to do with it. But, hey, that's the truth. I like that. I like that. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, well, that was another dope episode in the field Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My brother, DeMonte Madden, man. I appreciate you for coming and spending some time with us in the field podcast. Um, my cousin was not able to be here with us, but it's all good. Like I said, on the next one, um, we're going to definitely um, link up and, and shoot a for real one because how it was supposed to go was like some of the guests we were going to, you know, all have some questions for each other and things like that. But he allowed me to be able to knock out some of these um, conversations by herself or by myself. So, cuz, I definitely appreciate you, man. Salute. And hold on. We in the field, baby. Again, my brother, DeMonte, man. I really do appreciate it, man. Let them know where they can follow you at, man. Where the socials? Um, man, so I've been kind of low key on the socials as of late, but mm-hmm. I'm on I'm on um, Instagram as DW Madden is D dot W dot Madden. And besides that, um, I have a LinkedIn. Check me on LinkedIn. Grab me on Facebook. It's under my um, my name, DeMonte Madden Marcus. From my heart, from from as much grace awesome. as I can offer you. This is this what you're doing right now. There's no one like you, and no one can play. No one can be you better than you. So, Absolutely. man, I love you as a brother, as a person of oh, you just too. in this world, man. Keep going. Absolutely, Keep going. Love all love, man. Because again, we. Could be standing in the field and he still ain't in the field. You know what it is. Again, another dope conversation with my brother DeMonte Madden, man. Um, Again, somebody that's done real well for himself, making a transition from being um, an athlete into, you know, being a citizen, um, being an upstanding black man, a good brother, um, a, a, a perfect role model for his little brother to look up to and um again it's been all love and a pleasure to have you on this podcast and again appreciate everybody for listening and supporting already or so far um but let, let let's tina marie speak to us for a little bit yeah we'll get out of here yeah that's talking Again, all love, my brother, all love, man. Again, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. And um, we'll check y'all on the next episode, man. All love, my brother. Love, man. Take care. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Likewise.